0: Coming up today on The Big Show, we hear from Jamie Elting of Grant Creek Outfitters. He talks Lake Bemidji walleye and much, much more. And it's Lake of the Week Day. Eddie Thompson of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office has the details on this week's lake. It's all coming up after this musical interlude. If I had a bar for every time my line got stuck, well then I'd probably have enough for a brand new
1: pick truck and a change, I can feel it, I got a secret weapon on the radio, Kevin always tells me where the fishes go, when I'm fishing, he's not fish. fishing, it's when, it's I'm fishing. Fish. when I'm fishing, he's fishing. Fish. fishing, Paul Bunyan. Country.
0: Welcome to Fish in Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well checking in with Jamie Elting from Brad Creek Outfitters, talking about the Bemidji area fishing scene, and uh I guess Jamie, you've been fishing a lot this year.
2: Yeah, more
0: than more than normal. I have a I
2: do have a day job. Most people know I'm a, a courier, but I for UPS here in town. But I uh had to have a little hernia surgery, so that kind of puts that hamper on lifting too many boxes or much of anything as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, I suppose it will, but uh, as long as you catch a, what, a a one-and-a-half to two-pound walleye, you'll be okay? Right. You (laughs) just catch small fish. That's simple as that. (laughs) Well, in my case, no fish, but, you know...
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you don't fish; you talk fishing. There's a difference. That's right? the thing.
0: I do get to talk about it a lot, you and I don't to get to do it nearly it. enough. You just don't get to go out as often.
2: Yeah. as a lot
0: of people, but do you it. know, like I, I explain to people, it's it's the same thing. I I talk a lot of hockey; doesn't mean I can play it real well.
2: Well, right, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, Jamie, exactly. how how has the fishing been this year for you and your crews?
2: It's been it's been very steady. I guess is how how I can describe it. You know, we're we are the bite has been just everything was ahead you Mm -hmm. know as far we had such an early spring so i know guys in opener were fishing areas that they normally wouldn't touch till june and i was one of those so everything's been far you know you know at least minimum i would guess a month ahead so if you're able to get out of the well we're gonna do what we did this we're gonna we've been doing it this way for 20 years we're gonna do yeah. it that way now. You gotta think past that a little bit. Think a little bit ahead. So, what you were doing in mid-June actually worked pretty well opener. And it and spots that you would fish in mid-June were working opening weekend. So, you just, uh, I'm kinda tongue-tied there, Kev. Sorry, you uh, might want to edit that. Ah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're, uh... We're unvarnished here. That's no big deal. That's the nice... That's the good thing about it. <laughs>
2: Talking about that, I kind of got on a tangent there.
0: That's all right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a little unusual year, but I have heard pretty steady reports most of the time. What lakes have you been fishing yeah, primarily?
2: I've been, oh, pretty much sticking to the close-to-home Bemidji area, and I've actually done more bass fishing this year than I probably have since I was down south. So, And that's been incredible. It's just get up early morning and i like to fish top water and that's what we've been doing if you like but you got to be up early in the morning so if you're not an early morning riser i'd recommend another game other than <laughs> <laughs> not that they won't bite top water all the time but yeah but
0: well and it's you know you're not alone in uh in telling me that that you're fishing more bass. I mean, I'm I'm seeing that from a lot of people. They've they've kind of diversified a little more than they used to be. Well, we'll do walleyes, but if they're not biting, well, we'll go catch some bass.
2: Yeah, why not? And and they're fun to catch. I mean, it's just and you know I would I would might be going out of limb here, and some people might tarn feather me, but I think bass fishing is you know with the kids as much as they do it these days, and the fishing teams is kind of the fishing sport of the future. One might say.
0: I, I can't dispute that, and and I've mentioned that to a lot of guys I've talked to this year. I just hear more and more people talking bass fishing. It's more and more popular than it's ever been here in northern Minnesota.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, like I said, I grew up down south, so catching a bass was like, I mean, it just, that's what a lot of people, that's what people do is bass mm-hmm. fish. So, it, you know, it was kind of comical for me growing up around it, it's, it, it was, it's been actually kind of fun to watch. You see how it's taken off in the last five to ten years around here. I guess I took it for granted because that's what I did growing up. But it sure is neat to see, you know, with everybody doing it around here now. It's really cool.
0: Well, I think what, what's what's nice about living up in this neck of the woods, you can go out, catch a few walleyes, and uh, there's, there's some delicious food for you, or, you know, bluegills or crappies or what have you. And uh, once you have a few of those... Uh, people don't feel the need to just catch, you know, a full limit anymore. Uh, they they'll just go out and have fun catch bass the rest of the day. Right.
2: Yeah. And some people just, you know, in you know, guiding. Yeah, you, people want to catch walleye. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's 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 what we do up here. A lot of us, but you know, and you get the people that just they don't care what the, they don't care what they're catching as long as the rod's bent. And right. those are the fun, those are fun trips too. I mean, you can go out and. For instance, you know, pull a lot of pull a spinner, little Joe spinner around the weeds with the tip with a crawler or a fathead. I mean you might catch seven different species of fish in, you know, a half day trip, which is that's pretty neat too.
0: Oh absolutely. Absolutely. You
2: know, I think what was it? We caught rock bass, bluegill, walleye, northern, largemouth. <laughs> I know we caught at least five different species on a trip here a while back. And I think there was another one that I'm missing. Oh, pumpkin seed, six. I thought there was seven, but I can't think of what else it was. But any, at at any rate, it was it was a ball for uh, me, just watching them catch all the different stuff. And for the people, they just wanted to see the rod bend, and, boy, it bent plenty.
0: You know, uh, and I hear that from guides. It sure is a lot more fun when, when people just want action because a good guide can give them action any right. day of the week.
2: Yep, for sure. <laughs> you know, and there's been days where... You know, with, you know, especially with the zebra mussels, uh, it's it makes it lakes are clearing up, and it it makes it a lot tougher on a calm day. I mean, you got to have quite a few tricks up your sleeve, so to speak, to go out if they want to do walleye, or you have to adapt and overcome, I guess.
0: More conversation with Jamie Elting of Grant Creek Outfitters later on, but up next, it's Lake of the Weekday. All the details on this week's lake from Andy Thompson of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office next. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further, as Bemidji, Minnesota, is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the
2: historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi,
0: Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country.
1: Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Holy cow. And ball, touches, lake of the Week. It
0: is Lake of the Week Day, and we are checking back in with Andy Thompson of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. Andy, thanks for taking the time today.
3: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Well, today's Lake of the Week is not very much of a secret lake just because of uh, of uh, what it's next to, and the fact is it's a pretty big lake itself, closing in on 2,000 acres. We're talking about Kitsche, which is part of that Cass Lake chain, and is a, it's, a, it's a gem. It's a nice lake.
3: Yeah, it's a beautiful lake. It's uh it gets a lot of fishing activity being located where it is, and uh, it it's it doesn't have uh, an actual public access in in terms of a public boat ramp, but you can access it from Cass Lake pretty easily from the north end of, of Cass Lake uh, up the Turtle River and into Kitchee.
0: Yeah, when it's uh, when it's. When I'm looking at the survey, they've got three options in there, one's U.S. Forest Service, Knutson Dam, and a couple of DNRs from, from Cass Lake. Uh, so, yeah, you get on on Cass Lake, you get right up there, no problem. I don't think that it's ever much of a problem at all. Pretty much any boat can get in there.
3: The Turtle River arm there from Cass Lake is is pretty, it's got pretty good flow and, the, and pretty good depth. You, you can get a good-sized boat up there.
0: So, Andrews, Wolf, um, Kitschy, Cass—they're all part of the same chain. They've all got pretty much the same types of fish in them, I would guess.
3: Yeah, Kitschy's got all the all the species you, that Cass is known for: walleye, northern pike, perch, and muskie. And then it also has a a pretty popular panfish fishery in both uh, sunfish and crappies, and as well as some nice largemouth bass.
0: And so it, it tends to have more of those in, than Cass itself does.
3: That yeah, that Turtle River arm there from from the of the of the Cass chain, that Turtle River arm of of Lake seems to have uh, more of a panfish population than a lot of the other lakes do.
0: Okay, so yeah, if you're looking for some action for kids, that's that's a good spot to check out.
3: Yeah, and uh, adults like it too because there's some really nice sizes of uh, of panfish available. In fact, it's it's one of our new Uh, quality sunfish uh, initiative lakes with a new uh five fish limit five sunfish limit uh that started this year
0: okay so that's one of the five and like you said there's a good population with of them so this is one of those lakes that you're hoping you know as we see this uh this develop that that all of a sudden we're going to see some real nice consistent good solid size bluegills on
3: yeah yeah really hoping to maintain the, the quality size structure that uh Tends to to fall apart if if uh, fishing pressure is too high, and we've seen that on, in many lakes. And you know, this should be something that'll help this one stay where it's at, or even improve a little bit.
0: So does Kitschy? I mean, like some of the other lakes on the chain, it tends to be Andruja. It tends to be you know more of an early season lake, and then the seems like the walleyes get more active in casts as we go on into the year. Is Kitchie have a specific time of year when it's maybe hotter than some of the other lakes on the chain, or not?
3: Yeah, for walleye, I think it's a good choice for early season, you know, opening weekend, or or you know in in May at least. And it's I think it stays pretty good most of the summer.
1: What
0: do um I, it may, this is a good question in general. How far are walleyes willing to go? Do they move from Andruja to Wolf to Cass to Kitchie, or they pretty much stay in the lakes we find them in?
3: yeah they they move a lot and okay. we've we've learned quite a bit about that on the cast chain in the last twenty or so years uh both with adult uh the adult segment of the population which we've marked and then and then recaptured and you know found where they've where they where they were marked versus where we found them again later as well as uh, uh walleye fry that we stocked as marked fry that we were able to catch again later. And uh, they they really move around a lot. That that whole system is basically you know one big walleye population.
0: Okay, so it, it isn't a situation where this you know they just stick around. They're moving back and forth. That's something to keep in mind as as you're out looking for fish on that chain. I'm assuming also because there is zebra mussels uh, on the Castle Lake chain, they're probably in Kitchi as well.
3: Yep, they are in there as well as the rusty crayfish, which are becoming quite abundant and noticeable on the, on Cass Lake um, there are in the, in the Kitchi as well.
0: For those who, I mean, I think most people know what, what zebra mussels tend to do. What uh, is the concern about rusty crayfish?
3: Well, one thing that uh, we're already noticing on Cass, uh, well, I shouldn't say already because they've been in there for over 20 years, but um, they do tend to destroy a lot of the aquatic vegetation, and uh, with the clearer water... And combined with rusty crayfish, uh, we we're hearing about from anglers that you know a lot of their traditional vegetation beds that they like to fish around are disappearing.
0: Okay, so that's yeah, that's <laughs> that's a that's kind of a double whammy.
3: Yeah, it, it uh, I guess it doesn't mean the fish aren't there, but they're you know they're they've moved probably moved a little deeper. You know, some of those traditional um, you know weed beds where muskies like to hang around. Are gone, so the musky anglers are having to search elsewhere for those fish, and uh, makes makes for a little more challenging fishing sometimes. Okay,
0: as far as uh, you know, uh, getting out of the way, uh, this is not a lake you go to to get out of the way. There's plenty of uh, resorts on there, plenty of development. Uh, it's part of the Cast Lake chain, so no secrets.
3: Right. Yep. Yeah. If, if if there is a secret, I'll I'll divulge it. There oh. is a, a U.S. Forest Service. Uh, boat in campsite on the lake on the west side that uh, you pretty much have to boat to and then it's I think it's just first come first serve um, I'm not sure what the if you need a permit from the Forest Service to use it but uh, that'd be good to check on it doesn't get a whole lot of use I don't think um, you could paddle into it or just take a take your motorboat right to it and have a little camp out
0: that's uh that's what we call a staycation
3: yep yeah <laughs>
0: And you know you do something like that and and you do feel like you're a long ways away. It's it, it's kind of a, that that's makes for a fun 3 or 4 days off.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a, and it's a beautiful lake. Um it's got it's got the the larger shallower basin and then it's got up the Turtle River arm of that of Kitchy is um, you know a little narrower and deeper water. Um some pretty good crappie fishing areas along there.
0: I know that you can, you know, obviously you get from uh, Cass into Kitschy. Can you get to any other lakes from Kitschee besides Cass?
3: Yeah, if you go on up the Turtle River, you can get to the next set of lakes, which are um, what we call the rice lakes. It's little rice and then big rice further on up there. And then after that, it's a long, you can go quite a ways up the Turtle River, but you won't get to a lake for quite some distance. Okay.
0: What would we find in the Rice Lakes?
3: Very similar. Um, a little more geared towards panfish. Um, nice bluegills. Again, crappies, uh, bass. The, you know, the walleye musky type of uh, fishery is not quite as prevalent that, that far up the river. But that, uh, I guess it's worth note- noting that the, the sunfish regulation, that five fish limit, extends all the way up those lakes as well as the entire cast chain, because it's all connected.
0: All right, very cool. It is uh, Kitchy Lake. It's our Lake of the Week. Uh, it's a gem. And, again, uh, just get on to Cass Lake, wherever you normally get on to Cass Lake, and head up uh, to the north end and slide through the river and get on a, a beautiful option called Kitschy. Andy Thompson is here with all the details. Andy, thank you so much for your time today.
3: Hey, you're welcome, Kev. Thanks for having me on.
0: Jamie Elteen has a few more things to tell us as Fish and Paul Bunyan Country continues. <music> Jamie, you were talking before because of the heat we had this year and the walleyes being ahead, you couldn't do what you normally did in the past. And as lakes clear up because of uh, zebras, same kind of thing, they're not going to be where they were when there was stain on the water.
2: Right, right. So you just got to, you know, I I know that, like, for instance, some of the clear lakes, I've just, you, you look down and you can see the bottom in 10 foot, well, and the lakes are low, too. So, you know, I've talked to other guys as well. They say, well, man, I had a waypoint here, and normally that's seven foot of water, and it's, you know, four and a half this year. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's dry. The lakes are all down. I mean, scary low. I've yeah. never seen a lot of them as low as they are, and that changes, that changes how you fish as well.
0: Oh, it absolutely does, and and once you figure it out, it can kind of make it easier because it got less water to hide in.
2: Right, exactly. Well, if they're not here, and they have been, and we're shallower. Well, yeah, maybe go out a little bit. Try try out a try out on the edge a little farther. You know, it's a process of elimination. If you don't get so frustrated, just go swimming or something. Throw the anchor out. But it to me, it's a challenge, and I enjoy it. That's the part. That's part of the fun of fishing to me is the thrill of the hunt, you know, and finding him and on a tougher bite or figuring a pattern out that you hadn't done very often or that's 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 part of the enjoyment. What kind of sizes in general
0: are you seeing out there?
2: Sizes of fish? Yes. You know, any I do I do a few trips on Bemidji and we're getting, you know, fish anywhere from 14 to 14 to 23, 24 inches. I mean, you're seeing two, three, four age classes, which is great. That's mm-hmm. what you want to see. And decent sized perch, small perch, pike. The pike have been, you know, got some smaller's, but we've actually on different days, you know, you'll catch some five, six, seven, eight pounders. So,
3: okay.
2: it's good to see. I think that I think it's healthy. I think they're healthy.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Lake Bemidji is just a just a solid lake. I mean, it just keeps cranking out a decent amount of walleyes every year. They don't have to stock it. It just uh, it's just a good, healthy lake. There's not. I don't know what else you could say about it.
2: No, it is. I mean, I, you know, they put lots of fry in different lakes, and I think we. You, I think you and I touch base on this every summer. But it's you know, it's it's a good point to bring up, and maybe somebody hasn't heard it. But I. I think nineteen eighty two I wanna say was the last year that they put fry in Lake Bemidji. Wow. Walleye fry. Yeah. Now don't quote me to that, but I'm I'm quite certain that's it was nineteen eighty two was the last time that's been had fry put in it.
0: Wow, that is Which, a I mean if
2: and to sustain that, that's pretty that's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, because it's not—it's not a small lake, but it's not that big of a lake either. No, it's 60, you know, what is it, sixty-five hundred,
2: sixty-four hundred eighty acres. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But that's pretty, you know. And it gets fished. It's—it's it's not oh, like yeah. it's there's not there's. It's not like there's not people out there. You know, <laughs> most of them are pursuing walleye or or muskie. So I can't fish muskie. They're too. They weigh too much.
0: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be doing that right now. That's for sure. <laughs> No, no.
2: I I will say I see I I saw a lot of them out there. Holy moly! In the clear water, it's pretty neat.
0: Well, I know, Bemidji. That's not a secret lake, and there's a lot of there's a lot of secret lakes. Uh, guides like to do things. And I'm not going to ask you for any of those. But are there any other non-secret lakes you've been fishing lately that have been pretty no, good? No,
2: I I better not get too wild. I I I, <laughs> I like wish I knew. Lake wish you knew. <laughs>
0: one of my favorites or like plan b
2: <laughs> plan a doesn't work you go to lake plan b yeah uh-huh. like that
0: <laughs> well um but yeah there's there's just been a pretty solid bite uh on most of the lakes people are telling me about and the lakes they're not telling me about they're they're at least willing to there tell is. me that there is a bite going on
2: the fish are biting the fish are always biting you just gotta you gotta figure out what's going on and this year has been a you know i've talked to different guys that are you know they're just struggle a little bit well you kind of gotta no year no no years are going to be the same conditions change you know whether it's drought or you know we had such an early spring there's more the weed growth is better than i've seen in years uh, and i don't know if that's the clearer water i think it has to do with maybe the zebras but also the you know, we had an early spring, so the water warmed up that much faster, which makes the weed growth is just incredible. And so, walleyes are a weed fish, and that a lot of people are intimidated by that. But I—I I enjoy fishing the weeds, so it's—and uh, well, it's, it's a good teaching point too, because a lot of people don't think that you can pull a walleye out of eight foot of water when you can see the bottom, but it can be done.
0: Well, you know what if the If the lake's going to keep getting clearer we're going to want more weeds absolutely
2: absolutely, and you're going to have to i 'm not saying it doesn't it's not a tough bite out there at times when it's flat calm but but it you just i i guess my main thing is you just you just try different things and you have to adapt and mm-hmm. people want to catch fish, so i guides as a guide, you kind of have to adapt and find ways to do so. <laughs>
0: Well, if we're going to go out fishing, uh, where, where would you put us? I mean, not specific, uh, lakes necessarily, but, uh, whatever lake we'd be on, where would be a good place for us to be fishing? You know, if, what should we bring I, with us?
2: Yeah. If I was going to go out, I would start and find, you know, a good, see, and it's different on every lake, find a good weed line and grab you some podge, podge of different colored spinners, three sixteenths, uh, bullet sinker to get you down tip it with a half a crawler or a fathead, and just troll the weed edges. And I promise you, you're going to get bit.
0: Okay. Find something. (laughs) That sounds like a good plan. If we want to use your services, Jamie, how do we go about getting something lined up with you?
2: Uh, You can give my cell phone a call, 218-368-1656.
0: All right. He is Jamie Elting of Grant Creek Outfitters. He uh, is fishing a lot this year. And does that mean you have uh, more opportunities to, to to take somebody out than you have in the past? Yeah, I have a few more.
2: I'm, I'm more flexible this year, absolutely, for sure.
0: All right, so give him a call. Uh, Jamie Elting from Grant Creek Outfitters. Always great to have you on the show. Jamie, thanks for taking the time today.
2: Yeah, always great to visit fishing with you, Kev. You do a great job, and I appreciate the call. I look forward to it every year.
0: Well, truer words were never spoken. <laughs> i got to wallow in it when I can. What can I tell you? Hey, thank you, Jamie. Truly do appreciate that. Hey, we are not done yet. You're listening on the podcast. You are the elite. You get an exclusive today. It's time to check in with Mandy Urich. She is one who loves to fish, so much so that, what did you say, Mandy? Four or five straight days on the water? Yep, I'm hitting it hard right now and, and, and trying to keep her going. That's a lot of fishing for anybody. Uh, what were you doing, and uh, how was your success rate?
1: Uh, so I've had a bunch of derbies. You know, We talked earlier this spring about how I was thankful to have a little bit of time to get out and actually play and look at some new water because I knew this was going to happen. And I'm, I'm in the midst of a very heavy uh, derby schedule that's going to continue until the end of September. So, on top of that, I've got a bunch of guide trips that I donated to nonprofit organizations as fundraising events for them, so I'm trying to fit them in so yeah, it's go go go, and then still make sure that I work my forty hours a week for my regular job. Oof.
0: that is a that's pretty pretty packed schedule that's a fact. So how'd you do in your tournaments?
1: uh good I mean i, I, I the the last one that Monday series. Uh, I ended up fourth. Um, I was a little disappointed in myself. Why is it, that if you're going to dump a fish, why does it always got to be the big fish? <laughs> you, you clean, you fish clean all day long. And then the one that you need, the kicker, you know, that's going to push you from, from fourth to, to first. Uh, yeah, I, I, I dumped a big fish right at the boat. But other than that, uh, it cost me, but I, I had a really good day. It's a grind out there. Um, the, the pattern's definitely into a, a late season dock days uh, pattern that we'd normally see in August with the water temps and the vegetation growth. Uh, we went from being so far behind to so far fast forward that um, the, the pattern's there, though, definitely. And I can tell you, like, people that live and die for for bass fishermen, like, there's some really great anglers that have made their names and won a lot of tournaments off of fishing docks. Um, why that works. Uh, so we talked to last week about the two different kinds. I call them two different kinds of fish, right? You've got the schoolers, and then you've got the ambush fish. The ambush fish um, uh, are, are normally the bigger fish, right? And they're they're lazy. That's why they're big and fat. Um, you you catch a lot of big fish on docks, right? You but you don't normally catch. You know you can go in and catch maybe two or three or four fish under a dock, but they're going to be little ones. If if you skip under there and you stick a four or a five. It's probably the only one under that dock or in that stretch of docks. Um, I can say I fished, and this is the longest stretch I've ever done. I fished 1.5 miles continuously of docks in one day. I caught some big fish, but to catch 12 fish, there's a lot of docks in a mile and a half. And to catch, you know, 12 fish in a mile and a half tells you something, right? Like the, the pattern's not theirs. Uh, the majority of those bass have moved out deep. So, with that being said, okay, <laughs> it, it's I love it because this this is actually one of my favorite times. I love fishing deep. I, I think it, it goes back to my roots as a, as a walleye angler. Like I, I have that that confidence, right? I have no problem putting the boat in twenty four, twenty two feet, whatever it is, depending on if I'm on a steep break line or where the vegetation line ends. Um, and, and just following that break all the way down, and really paying attention to where I'm getting those bites. Not only in the water column, but on, are they right on the outside edge? Are they on the inside of the edge? Are they right up, piled into the deepest no foil bounce that there is that you've got to punch through kind of a deal? And it's it's kind of all of the above right now, which is crazy. A lot of big fish um, coming from deeper. There again those steep weed line breaks that are super thick a lot of that stuff if you, if you go and look at through like over the top intimidating like you look down it's just like ugh it's, it's a solid mat like what do you what do you even do you punch it you get out the big boy jigs that you know are an ounce and, and you start punching mats what I mean like that is you're you're, you're not making long casts like you're literally just flipping it out over the side of the boat and letting it punch through that upper layer mat, and it'll go down. And when we're doing that, one, we want an ounce weight because we need the weight to actually punch through the top of that mat. But two, we want a big profile, right? Because we're throwing in deeper water, um, and as that comes down, we want to give more of a bait for that fish to see as it's in that fall. So, yeah, it's it's been all over the place. I caught fish on big jigs. I caught fish on finesse jigworms. I caught fish on... Uh, weightless Senkos, I caught fish uh, on topwaters uh, in the morning, which is fun. Uh, I haven't done that in a while to go out and, and throw some big spooks and see those fish come crashing out of the water, you know, early morning, low light. So, yeah. Wow. She's, she's all, all over the, 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 the board right now, but not really. You can be really successful and get numbers, right? There's still going to be fish spread out through that water column in and, and different depths, but... From what we're seeing on the lakes that I've been on, which has been quite a few, just in the last week, the water temps are high. They're not going back down. Everything's getting super slimy up shallow. The fish are pushing out to find the cooler water to you know to find the, that cover in the in the deep bed, and that's where they're hanging out.
0: Okay. Um, so, what are you seeing as far as water depths go? I know you know we're uh, here in the Bemidji area, very very low. I'm assuming you got the same issues going on down there.
1: All season long, Kevin, it's, yeah. it, it's crazy. Um, so we actually, on that one day series, a lot of those guys uh, were, were asking me, you know, I think they were familiar with maybe one part of the lake and not another part of the lake. And I flat out said, like, hey, get on your graphs right now, change your coloration systems, anything that's that shows on your map that's four feet or less, turn to bright red. And I said, drive around it. Do not drive over the top because we're, you know, between two and three feet down on, on our lakes and the rivers are even worse, you know. So hopefully avoiding some people having some, some crashes there. But yeah, there was quite a few areas when I was pre-fishing that to me, you know, for my confidence level, you know, I had the time, I would sit down on the outside edge of these. And, you know, kind of drift over the top to see what the difference is uh, from what the map depth is, you know, on the contour, right, compared to what we're actually reading. And it's like two, over two feet just on gull alone.
0: Wow. I, you know, and, and if we, I was just talking to somebody today, if we don't get, you know, um, any rain and we still have low levels going into winter and we get a lot of snow, which we would need to replenish that the we are going to killer issues. exactly and that's a that's uh that's a real concern there's we have a lot of lakes that could, this could be a real disaster
1: correct across the state right so i feel like we are fairly good here from like brainerd north right because mm-hmm. the majority of, majority of our lakes actually are deeper lakes a lot of them are river fed or spring fed or something like that but i think about southern minnesota on all those Super shallow little pothole lakes that you know, are, I call south of ninety four, kind of a deal. Um, those are really going to be in danger. Let alone the ones up here. I mean, we have had winter winter kills before on some of our smaller lakes in this area, but you're you hit the, the nail right on the head there um, with, with having these issues. And it's a very real situation, especially obviously deep snow conditions on top of ice. We get the winter kill because the light's not able to penetrate through uh, down to that vegetation to keep the photosynthesis going. So that vegetation dies off. And when the vegetation dies off, obviously it decomposes, it produces uh, carbon dioxide, and it eats up all the oxygen, and the fish die.
0: Yeah. Uh, we, we hope that doesn't happen, obviously. Um, in the meantime, uh, you've been primarily fishing for bass. Um, what are you hearing from the other guys?
1: I can tell you this, uh, while I've been out primarily fishing for bass, I did take a whole day and went walleye fishing on a, one of my favorite local lakes and started to see a bit of a pattern there. I've been talking about this all season long, how crazy it is that these walleyes are, are shallow. They're still shallow. I saw it with my own eyes, and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was going down this edge, and I thought they were bats. Like, I was going over school, over school, over school on my graph, and I was like... They got to be bass here, you know. They've got to be bass. And at one point, um, got up and hit spot lock and, and looked down. Kevin, it was crazy. It was a giant school of walleye, and you could see them fourteen feet down because our water clarity is so insane. You could see the, the reflection off the eye and the white tips on the fins. And my jaw just dropped. Wow! So I was talking <clears throat> to another one of uh, the guys who was fishing this derby on Monday. And he said that it was the same thing. He was convinced that there were bass in eight feet of water and he was just getting perturbed why he could, they didn't want to eat his lure. And finally at one point he said he looked down and same thing. He could he could see them as, as clear as day. So yeah, uh, there's a ton of fish between eight and 14 feet of water um, that aren't necessarily hanging on the outside of a vegetation line. They're on just a break line. Um, but they're definitely chasing bait. Uh, when I was on, you know, each one of these breaks, walleye fishing, um, I actually had to go back in shallower, right? As soon as I started seeing those giant bait balls on my graph, I started seeing those walleye. So they're, they're chasing that bait. That bait's up shallower. I'm just super shocked. I mean, our surface temp has jumped way back up again to, like, 83 here. I know that's not where, you know, the Further deeper you go the cooler it gets but still it's going to be warm so yeah it continues to be interesting uh, I had five walleye guides on my bass starting spot uh, on one tournament morning just recently and you know I, I stopped and I was like what's doing here you know and they're there again they're out pitching bobbers and leeches in the morning and they're catching walleye, you know late where I was bass fishing so everything's kind of commingled
0: Oh, and, and you were talking uh, last week uh, that a lot of the musky guys just were not interested in fishing muskies at the moment because the water was so warm. You still got that issue there? Yes, okay. yes,
1: we do. And until you know, there again on some of those bigger bodies of water like Mille Lacs or Vermilion or, or or Leech, but even on some of those, you got to be really careful, right? Like if you're into so those summer bays, like I can think of multiple bays on Leech that are excellent, excellent uh, musky bays. But those bays are going to be shallower. They're going to have dark and wa- darker water. So that water temp is going to be even higher than it is on Main Lake, right? So we're still at way above that stress level water temp that, that's good for musky. And even the river. The rivers are crazy warm right now. It's like bath water, you know, in the backwaters. Uh, and even, like, the main channel is, is crazy, crazy warm. So, yeah, I, I haven't heard of... A- you know anybody realistically any of my hardcore buddies um chasing anything right now a lot of you know i feel bad for them when it's your living and and your passion a lot of those guys but kudos to them to think of the resource and the fish first so
0: yeah i mean obviously um huskies are are uh, something to be treasured because even in the most populous of lakes there's fewer of them than there is of anything else
1: Yes, absolutely. And you think about how many years, how many decades are into these fish and their growth um, and how slowly they actually grow to get as big as they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's why they are one of the top predator fish to, to catch, and it's always a trophy and a milestone for anybody.
0: All right. Mandy, anything else going on we need to know about?
1: I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> Not off
0: the top of my head. Well, if we're going out fishing this weekend, you described a lot of what we need to know already. But uh, you know, where should we be starting out, and what should we absolutely make sure we have in the boat?
1: Uh, you're going to absolutely going to want to have. So, depending if you're going to go in the in the morning or late night or you know in mid afternoon, you're going to want to have a, a small jig worm, a finesse jig orb thrown on um, a spinning reel. You're going to want uh, a, a jig. I'd say a three quarter ounce jig. If you want to go out deeper on those deeper ledges and the super, super thick, you know, three-quarters to an ounce jig for bass, and if you, you want to pitch that, that heavy cover for it um, in a Senko. Like, you just can't beat a, a good Senko bite, too. Like, it can be really repetitive for people. I, I'm not a hardcore finesse fisherman. I like to power fish, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, and if you've got a confident spot where you know those fish are, Hex, throw all three of those uh, those tactics at him and, and see what bites.
0: All right. Mandy Uric, as always, great to have you on the show. Uh, have a good time uh, out fishing, and good luck in your next tournament. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin.
0: So that's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you for being here. here. Fishing for Country. Whether
1: it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp Apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
0: And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.